As with every episode of Storytellers, this episode may contain themes, storylines, or ideas that may not be safe for work. Headphones recommended, and listener discretion is greatly advised. Four minds, one story. Welcome to Storytellers. I'm Derek, and I am so, so, so pleased to be here with my storytellers for the week. Um, For those who are unaware, if this is your first time being here, I understand completely. Storytellers is a story that uh, is made via telephone and not talking about the telephone, not talking about your mobile phones. We're talking about the old school game telephone. See, the way that it starts is that we have four storytellers. And the first person will start the story, but they never know how it finishes. The last person will end the story and never know how it begins. Y'all concerned yet? You should be. But before we go into it, let me go ahead and introduce our storytellers themselves. First of all, from the It Goes Down in the PM podcast, from the Mom is Always Right media conglomerate, we have Juline. Juline, how are you doing today? Hi, Derek. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. It was. I'm dope. The second person who told their segment of the story was Dustin from the Dustin Can Read and Watch podcast. Dustin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Derek? Just short of spectacular. I'm just happy to be in y'all's presence. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And we have the manic pixie weirdo herself, the illustrious, the wonderful, the glamorous, the glorious. We have Abigail. Abigail, how are you doing today? Oh my gosh, I'm doing so good. That was so nice. Thank you. <laughs> my mom said I do two things really well. Talk shit. Sh- oh, she said three things. I'm sorry. Talk shit, shoot the shit, and make shit shiny. I'm talking the shit with you. You are sublime. Like, all of y'all are just perfect. And then there's Abigail, who's, like, up here. Like, if y'all check out her show, it is... Mwah. And I'm going to give each of y'all an opportunity to tell folks about your shows and where they can find them at and everything. And I'll have them in the show notes as well. But let me tell you, listener, I choose with precision taste. Each of the people who are on this show have their own shows and they're all amazing at their craft. And closing this out, the cleanup hitter. We have my man. He's running for president literally every single year. BTG Baylor the Great. What's going on, Baylor? Hello out there in TV land. (laughs) So the way that this works is that I drew three cards uh, out of a box, literally out of a box. And from that, we um, chose our story. Uh, We had four people. So we chose randomly who will be going at which point. And and Jolene's going first. Dustin is going second. Abigail went third. And then Baylor went last. The story topics were a farmer, someone who steals cats, 
and a declaration of war. And from that, we had to create a world. The person whose job it was to create the world was Jolene. So with no further ado, let's go ahead and see how this story began. Now, again, the cool part of this is Baylor and Abigail have no idea how this story began. So we're going to go <laughs> ahead and listen to it, and then we're going to discuss it. Let's go. Jim Whitney stared out at the vast farmland. The agriscape went on for miles. He inhaled deeply and relished the cool air on his face. The smell of manure and freshly cut grass filled his nostrils as he put his mucking boots on. He stepped off his massive wraparound porch and his boots sunk into the fertile soil. He had built that porch out of the cedar trees growing behind his home. His addition to the house was one of many improvements made through the years. It was a family tradition that every generation of Whitney's added one thing to the house. The idea was to leave it better for the next generation of Whitney's. The large patch of cedars were the only trees that didn't get cleared out for planting crops. It was his favorite spot on the entire farm. As a child, he would sit in the shade, climb the trees, and spar with make-believe enemies. As an adult, it was a shady place to rest after a long day of work. When his children were young, he would take them camping right in the cedar grove. He stared longingly at the spot that had brought him the most peace for most of his life. Then he looked up at the dark sky and noticed the halo of morning light threatening to light up the sky before he finished with his morning chores. I better get going, he thought. The crisp morning air gave him goosebumps. He shivered, zipped up his jacket, and he made his first stop. This had been his first stop every morning since he was old enough to work on the farm. He filled the bucket with grain for the horses and pitched some hay and moved on to the pigs. Jim was a farmer. This was the only life he had ever known. His nearest neighbors, John and Lisa, lived miles away, but they got together often. They went to school with Jim and Jenny, Jim's wife. They even started working on their respective family farms at the same time. John had been the best man at Jim's wedding, and eventually their children played together. So when John and Lisa moved away and Jim's children left to seek out their big city dreams, he found himself with an empty nest with his wife and his cat, Mouser. Jenny had never really liked cats. It suited her just fine that their cat preferred to be outdoors. He ran in and out of the kitty door, content to terrorize rodents in the barn. He spent so much time in there that Jim stopped putting his food in the house and he just brought it out to the barn and fed him with the rest of the barn animals. He finished turning out the chickens and the horses and this is where he would usually feed Mouser and muck out the stalls. Mouser, he called. Here, kitty, kitty. Where'd you get off to, Mouser? I'm just going to leave your food right here. It'd sure be a real shame if the rodents were to eat your food. Jim went about his business mucking out the stalls. When he finished... He was dismayed to find that Mouser had not touched his food. Jim thought about it further and realized Mouser hadn't made an appearance at all that morning. 
Mouser, he called one last time. Dismayed at the silence, he grabbed the milking stool out of the shed and went on to milk Bessie the cow. He expressed nearly one full bucket of unpasteurized milk. He set it on the porch and went about collecting eggs from the hen house. He stopped suddenly when he heard his wife Jenny screaming in the house. He sprinted 500 feet from the hen house to the farmhouse. He wasn't sure what was wrong. His stomach tightened up. He was thinking the worst. But what he found in the house was nothing short of comedy. His wife was livid, shaking an afghan with a malodorous smear. Jim, do you see this? I swear Mouser hates me. He shit on my goddamn afghan. Last week it was my shoes. This is the last straw. Where is that flea-ridden feline? I swear if I see him, it will be World War Three in this house, Jim. She continued to threaten violence on Mouser, but Jim knew she didn't mean it. He thought about her love-hate relationship with Mouser and laughed. She would be snuggled up with him again soon. Jim finished up his morning chores and had breakfast with Jenny. He still hadn't seen Mouser. He began to worry and spent the rest of the day looking. As he finished searching the hayloft, he remembered that the neighbor that had taken up residence in John and Lisa's house and was instantly angry. Jim ran into the house, red-faced and out of breath. And Jenny could see the little vein popping out of his head. Jenny! Jenny! He called. I think that hippie that moved into John and Lisa's house has Mouser. Jenny looked up bewildered. Jimbo, what on earth are you talking about? He continued to speak so fast that spittle flew from his lips as he spoke. People in the town told me she's a little touched. They've been talking. They say she has crystals and all manners of weirdness. She steals people's cats, cut off their bits, and send them back to the owner, sterile and barren. I'm telling you, the hippie has mouser. I just know it. <laughs> oh, God. Y'all got to know that um, I have a, I have a place deep down in my heart, deep, deep down in my heart that says fuck hippies. Like it just screams it every so often. And I don't know why I've never met a hippie. My mom used to wear bell bottoms and I would get mad at her. Like it's an inherent hate of hippies, except for Ben and Jerry's. They seem like they'd be cool hippies, but the rest of the hippies, not so much. So the fact that he has funk with a hippie makes me so hippie happy. Oh my God. Jolene, what was going through your mind when you made this? Um, my dream home. I I always I grew I always say you know I grew up in the hood and like a city. My dream home has always been like a farmhouse in the woods where there's like woods and then farmland everywhere. So in my travels when we were filming a, a very green walker um, camping trip, I passed through lots of farmland on my way to Bakersfield or like yeah like Havila Pines that there was like like it was so funny because there was like a whole cow in the middle of the road that wouldn't even move like this cow was fearless we honked at it and everything I even got out the car I was like hey go and the cow was like what is your problem I was like bitch this is Bakersfield <laughs> 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 
so so I but I love like it's just it's beautiful even better when we were going through Pennsylvania like they had like red barns and everything and I wanted to paint this picture with you guys you said farmer I was like oh bet I already know what I'm gonna do I know what I'm gonna do and I wanted to make it like a real cool like clash of cultures almost where something that does not fit one of these things is not like the other so Jimbo's <laughs> yeah exactly so Jimbo had never been outside of that that he had he has a very limited worldview and I wanted to introduce something like poke a hole in his little bubble and introduce the idea of the hippie so that villainous hippie Baylor <laughs> you know how it ends without spoilers how'd you like the beginning <laughs> um well I would like to say shout out to Mouser <laughs> uh, I want to say shout out because yeah <sighs> shout out shout out you know let's, what I mean yeah 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 let's do that also Baylor being from where he is he he too understands the pain of cows in fucking Bakersfield yeah, uh, my my trips back and forth to Bakersfield um, will never be forgotten. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I haven't encountered uh, cows like that when I did visit Bakersfield, but there was a lot of frogs for some Ooh. reason. Man, frogs, cotton fields, and cows. Yeah, Bakersfield—that's a T-shirt. So. <laughs> The next story or the next segment of the story was put together by Dustin. And this is the cool part. Jalene has never heard anything past this. So now we're going to go ahead and we're going to slide into Dustin's uh, storyline and see exactly what happens with this family versus the hippie. Before we do that, Dustin, you got anything you want to say between that? You know what? Nope. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. Let's go <laughs> ahead and let's go ahead and let's do this. Yeah. Jenny stared at her husband. Though he was only 55, the life in his eyes was wilder than a teenager's. Still, she couldn't believe what she was hearing. The, quote, hippie down the road was such a lovely lady. Her name was Josephine Pratt, and she had always been kind to Jenny when they'd met previously. Even though she didn't much care for Mouser, Jenny couldn't believe that a sweet young woman like Josephine Pratt would ever do any harm to the cat. Jim was just talking crazy. Again. He wasn't thinking about what he said before he said it. This came as no surprise to Jenny, seeing as he was feeling more and more lonely ever since John and Lisa left town. She thought maybe Jim resented Josephine for living in that house. He had helped build it, after all, and here was a stranger that had moved in, not but only a few short months ago. Jim was heartbroken, and the more Jenny thought about it, she felt that pang of heartbreak, too. Only a half hour later, and Jenny was on Josephine's front porch. After she'd calmed Jim down and gave him some lunch, he had decided to nap a bit, giving Jenny ample time to pop down the road to the neighbors for a moment. The porch was faded yellow. A few pieces of paint flecked off the surrounding banister, but overall, it was still in good shape. She remembered the time that little Jimmy fell off the side and broke his arm. That had been a hectic day. She also thought about how they'd caught little Pamela and Stacy practicing kissing on the swing. She smiled at the memories before shaking them off. She was there for a reason. She rapped on the door somewhat hurriedly, and after a few seconds it squeaked open. Through the screen door, she could see Josephine Pratt, 
a tall blonde woman who was probably in her early thirties. She had a sundress on that had a pattern of tiny sunflowers all over it. From a distance it looked more like polka dots than anything else. Her golden hair hung straight and flat, flowing past her shoulders. When Jenny met Josephine's green eyes, there was a twinkle in them she hadn't seen before. Josephine smiled politely. Well, hello, Miss Jenny. To what do I owe the pleasure? She said as she propped open the screen door to allow Jenny inside. Oh, I'm afraid this is less of a social call and more of an inquiry, Jenny said, stepping across the threshold. You see, our cat, Mouser, is missing. While I'm not incredibly fond of the creature, Jim is just plumb tore up about it. He looked everywhere and we just can't find him. Josephine gestured for Jenny to sit on the sofa. A tray with cups and a fresh kettle of tea sat on the coffee table in front of her. I'm sorry, Jenny said. Have I interrupted you? Are you already visiting with someone else? No, no, Miss Jenny, I was expecting you, Josephine said, sitting slowly in the chair on the opposite side of the table, a smile still plastered on her face. Something didn't feel right. Expecting me? Jenny was confused. I don't remember calling earlier. How were you expecting me? <laughs> My apologies, Miss Jenny, Josephine chuckled. She leaned forward and grabbed for a wooden box that also sat on the table next to the tea set. When she opened the lid, she pulled out a leather-bound book. What is this? Jenny asked. Josephine kept silent but thumbed through the pages of the mysterious book. She stopped midway and handed it to Jenny. Still confused, Jenny took the book as Josephine pointed to a page. Jenny read aloud. May 27, 1997. Be aware of your neighbor. You will get a visit at noon on the 16th Saturday of your 32nd year. Jenny quickly looked at the clock behind Josephine. 12.03. She refocused and met Josephine's eyes again. What the? How did you? Where did this come from? Jenny stumbled out the words, completely flabbergasted. No time for that now, Josephine redirected. You came about the cat, correct? Jenny nodded, still too astonished to answer verbally. Well, it is most unfortunate, really. You see, I was driving home from a dinner party last night when I saw a streak run across the road. So you ran him over? Jenny interrupted. She surprised herself at how eager she sounded. She may not have liked Mouser, and even wished him dead at times, but she certainly would never rejoice in the demise of the cat, especially since Jim was so fond of him. Heavens no, Josephine continued. I pumped my brakes just in time to nearly miss him. I was a bit shaken, actually. As you can tell by the book, I'm very superstitious. I don't very much like it when a black cat crosses my path on a dark road. So you think that Mouser is still out there? Jenny asked. Well, there's a bit more to it than that. Josephine teetered on her next sentence for a second. As I was saying, I was surprised. Just as I was about to start moving again, another thing jumped in front of my car. I couldn't see what it was exactly, but this looked white, bright white. There was something ethereal about it. Josephine stopped talking and froze. She seemed to be recalling it, caught in the memory of that moment. Her eyes stay focused on the window, where the only bit of sunlight in the room shone through. Is everything all right, Josephine? Jenny asked. Josephine's eyes went wide as a dark silhouette suddenly filled the window, blocking out the sun and leaving a sinister shadow on the floor. <laughs> that fucking rocks! Oh, shit. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Okay, Dustin, what was going through your head when you wrote that? Um, I kind of wanted to go girl power a little bit, and I like supernatural stuff and psychics and mediums and stuff like that. And so I thought, you know what? Why not? Let's let's take this direction of farmland and make it a little more 
mysterious and maybe sinister and <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love the fact that um I've been watching for hindsight a whole lot of Terminator this past month. And so when she was like, on this day at this time, you're supposed to be coming to see me. That's when I had my first oh shit moment of the story. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this business is about to pick up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I named her Josephine, obviously, but when he talked about the hippie woman having all these crystals and stuff, I was like, oh, well, maybe she's psychic or maybe there's something I can work in with that or, mm -hmm. you know, mystic, mystic like, you know, and, and I thought, why not? You know, dark roads, you know, cats sometimes get hit <laughs> or maybe and, they don't. I mean, <laughs> or something and, else shows up. And, you know, um, hippies. Yeah. Psychics. Yay. So I really do appreciate you going in that direction. <laughs> Jalene, what did you think? Oh, my God. I loved it. It's like you took the hippie character in the exact direction I was going like I wanted because I mentioned the crystals for the specific purpose of like the contrast between these two characters. But I mentioned the crystals and how the people in town have been talking, you know, to kind of give it like witch trial vibes. Yeah, that's what I yeah. figured. Something like that. I was like, yeah, oh, like maybe I they think of her, she's an outcast, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like mm -hmm. I was definitely going in that direction. And I'm so excited that you picked that up and took it in that direction. Abigail, so far, this is the part where you came in, but so far is the story going the way that you thought it would be going when you told your segment? No, I had <laughs> no idea. I was like, you said those, what were they farming? Yeah. Like something, something, something. I was like, what? We, <laughs> I started on a totally different. Wow. I can't wait. I love this gang. I love this show so much. Baylor, you good? How you liking the story so far? <laughs> I'm actually loving. So, yeah, I, I'm starting to see the genres change. You know, <laughs> it started off a little um, like PG-13. Now we get into the mature. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Well, let's go ahead and jump into Abigail's section, part three of the story. Jenny closed the book, noticing the odd cover when she did. It had what looked like some kind of ancient rune or symbol on it. She thought she may have seen it on one of those late-night programs on National Geographic. Jenny hesitated, glancing at Josephine, hoping she would answer the door. After a moment, there was a hard rap on the door. Josephine still hadn't moved, with that wide-eyed look on her face. Jenny took a deep breath, and still carrying the book, she walked to the door and pulled it open. Hello, ma'am. Have you heard the good news? A young man, in well-pressed slacks, white button-up shirt, and, of all things, a black tie, asked. I'm so sorry, Jenny sighed with relief. This isn't my house. It's my friend Josephine. She probed, glancing back at Josephine, who had somehow managed to glide her way over soundlessly right behind Jenny. There was no trace of the petrified, wide-eyed woman who Jenny had seen moments before. Josephine now resembled the youthful, pleasant woman she had so often conversed with. Thank you. Yes, we have. I appreciate the reminder, though. Josephine said with a calming smile. Would you like some water before you go? No, ma'am, thank you, the young man said, slightly crestfallen. May the peace of the Lord be with you. And with you, Josephine warmly chirped back. 
They watched the boy turn on his heel and pat down the walkway to what appeared to be a five-speed yellow bike. He lifted the peg, then swung one leg over the seat to the other side, gave himself a push off the concrete, and pedaled down the street. How on earth is he not dying of heatstroke? It must feel like two hundred degrees with all that black on, Jenny questioned. They're used to it, I suppose, Josephine proposed. Well, I would die if I had to even attempt to do that for a day in this heat. Can I have my book back, please? Josephine said eagerly. Forgetting all about the book in her hand, Jenny stared down at it. Josephine moved closer to Jenny and took the book from her, then motioned toward the still open door. I, um, am sorry to do this to you, but I have another engagement coming up soon, in about fifteen minutes, so I'm going to get ready for it and, well... She paused in a clear effort not to be rude. Oh, right, I'm sorry. Uh, will you let me know if you find Mouser? We're very worried about him. In an unnaturally high-pitched voice, Josephine mused, Of course I'll let you know, but I think he just passed into the Robinson's yard. Jenny followed the line from her pointed finger, slightly trembling, out the door, across the street, into the neighbor's tall hedge guarding their yard. Sure enough, a black tail could be seen vanishing into the hedge. Jenny thanked Josephine and marched out the door, following Mouser. She heard the screen door close behind her, and then a heavy thud. How odd, Jenny thought, in all the time they had known each other. She never knew Josephine to close her front door. Weird. Here, Mouser! Come here, Mouser! Mouser mewed and mewed. Where are you, Mouser? Come here! Jenny called into the hedge. The cat scampered through the hedge onto the grass, around a tricycle, and into the nearest bush. This cat is crazy, Jenny thought. What are you doing? Come, Mouser! She chased after what now seemed like a black bullet shooting around the yard. Then Mouser pounced, digging his claws into what felt like inches into her ribcage, dragging them up onto her arm, then down back onto the grass, along the walk path, around the hedge, across the street. Jenny, now in a fuming, terrified huff, ran after the cat, turning around the hedge and headed across the street after it. Suddenly, she felt her body leave the road, up and back away from an ever-darkening white blur. Abigail, so let's talk voice acting. Hey, man, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I probably listened to that at least 10 times. Like, I knew the assignment after the first listening, but I was like, all right, nine more times. Cause I just want to hear this again. <laughs> it's 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 on some. <clears throat> if you are between the ages of eighteen and twenty-four, <laughs> and you've been hit by a bus, yeah. call Rebar and Maxima. <laughs> like your voice, like okay, okay. She has, she has that, um, you know. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> like she's got the like the the supernatural, like I'm gonna narrate things that we can't explain type of thing. And you would sit there and be like, I I understand. I understand. Dustin, how'd you like where your story was taken? I loved it. And like you're saying, like her voice acting, especially for Josephine, just so calm. Mm-hmm. just oh my god i love it and i love how she used the white streak part um 
I, I, I love that. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear more. I can't wait to hear where, where it goes from here. It's, it's, it's really great. Abigail, what were you thinking when you came up with that segment? Well, I was first upset that Josephine didn't like black cats. So I wanted this cat to like power through like really bad. <laughs> um, it makes me very upset when people are like upset about black cats. So I had it like out for this cat. I was like, this cat is going to get some revenge on the like stereotypes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wanted to just like keep it with the cat. Um, and I was getting real supernatural vibes. I wanted to know what you were doing with that book, man. I was like, ooh, what's happening with this book? I wanted to know what was going on with this book. But yeah. You know, I just, I literally just had another idea for a show. And when I do it, it's not another idea, but it's a great idea. And when I do it, it's going to, I'm going to come back to y'all. And we're going to reinvent the wheel for this motherfucker. Baylor, yeah. you've heard so everything. Huh? That's, that's going to be so dope. It is. I'm already excited. I'm literally. I, really, I am I, too. I'm twitching. I already know. It. Like, we'll talk about it. We'll talk. We'll talk. Baylor, you've heard yes. the whole story. Yeah. She, did you fuck did, it up? Did you fuck it up, dog? I don't, I don't, I don't think I did. I, she threw it off the backboard, and I caught it. Okay. Ooh, ooh, broski, bro. So, Kid Awesome had two or had two games for his high school team today. Um, okay. First game they lost thirty-two to twenty. He scored seventeen points, had five rebounds, two steals, a block, and an assist. Which led to the other three points. Oof, Sounds like he needs help over there. The second game, yes, the second game they lost, uh, thirty-four to thirty-two. He had twenty-five points. Jesus Christ! Yeah, you're gonna be coming back talking about he got the triple double soon. I'm looking forward it, to it. I'm so proud it's of happening. Him. Y'all, it's happening. y'all don't y'all don't know how proud it's just my heart. It's my heart. OK, I'm just I'm really just I'm really just I'm, I'm what's the word stalling to build up the ambiance for this final part done by done by Baylor. But with no further ado, here's a conclusion to the story. As the white light started to fade away. Jenny started to realize something was a little something was a little off. Something wasn't quite right in Jenny's eyes. She looked around and she yelled out for Josephine. Josephine! Josephine, where are you? There was no reply. She yelled out a couple of more times. Same results. No reply. Oddly, both Jenny and Josephine could hear each other. Yet again, no reply. Jenny panicked and she darted towards the house, running inside the house and slamming the door, completely forgetting about Mauser. She beelined to the bathroom where she heard a, a very dense, a very dense noise coming from her bathroom window. Very dense yet familiar noise coming from Mr. Robinson's house. Mr. Robinson uh, would work late 
on Friday nights and uh, would, you know, watch reruns of The Martin Show. Jeannie was very familiar with the laughter and the uh, comedy skits that was provided by Mr. Robinson's house. Jenny shook her head, snapping out of it, and started to walk towards the bathroom door again when she noticed a familiar face in the mirror. It was Josephine. Jenny was shocked. Josephine asked Jenny, Did you find her? Did you find her, Jenny? Jenny, with a very confused face, replied slowly, uh, yes, I think. Josephine then replied, good, good, that's good. Jenny reached for the medicine cabinet. And Josephine replied, ah, 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 ah. You don't need this anymore. Be who you are. Jenny then looked at the ceiling. A glare. In deep thought. And it hit her. Everything was in living color. And now she can be the fly girl that she always wanted to be. See, for years... Jenny felt like she was dealing with auditory hallucination. When this whole time, the character she created, Josephine, was support. It was a support system for her insecurities. Josephine then looked at Jenny and said, Get back to the block. Get back to the block, Jenny. Jenny smiled at Josephine. Josephine smiled back. Jenny walked out of the bathroom, headed towards her front door. As a fly girl as she is. Jenny is back on the block. Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. So you should have a little, no, I have a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. 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 Baylor, what were you thinking? Plot twist the whole time. Thriller. As soon as as soon as I got the um the white lights, you know, darting into the street, I said, All right, I'm about to I'm about to make a plot twist now. Um, but you could just imagine um where we started from, this took a whole totally different turn. Mm-hmm. There's this movie, and I don't know if Abigail, before I even go into the movie, what'd you think, Abigail? I loved it. I loved it. I, but I love like weird, random like stuff like that where it just comes out of nowhere. I was super interested. I tried to leave it open enough for you to be able to like have room to do what you wanted to do. But that was a direction I did not see coming. That was nice. I like that's, that. And that's exactly what she did. She left me wide open. I was like, yeah, this is perfect for a plot twist right now. Perfect. I, I love it. I love it so much. Jalene, what were your thoughts? 
I definitely didn't see that coming. That that was of all the endings. I met like everything that from Dustin to Abigail. Like I was like, okay, the way this tale is woven, it those were in the realm of possibilities. <laughs> no, I'm not even like Joshua. Uh, I didn't have a name for. Her. I was like the hippie. They, they might turn the hippie into a witch. Maybe there might be another witch trial. Like all these things. Maybe she'll cast a spell. Maybe she really will be low-key a witch. Or maybe Mouser found the love of his life and raised a family in the Little Cedars. Whatever. Like there were so many directions I was expecting this story to go. I wasn't expecting that. Also, I might be blinded by my searing hatred for Jennifer Lopez. So <laughs> Ooh. we're gonna go into that later on. Dustin, what'd you think? <laughs> Oh my God, that was hilarious. I love the twist. I'm like, okay, well, is she still on a farm now? <laughs> or maybe they rent a house to a guy named Mr. Robinson. And he just listens to the TV so loud. Did anybody else think, well, what happened to Mouser? What happened to the husband? <laughs> see, and that's the see, and that's the thing. That's literally the thing. That's how this story, that's how storytellers works. Because in the first opening of the story we have all of this information being given to us but in the second story dustin in the second part you're talking more about the relationship between the two ladies and you didn't really dwell too much on her husband but you also mentioned mouser so in the third part abigail picked up on the two ladies and spoke on them and also mentioned mouser but in doing so eliminated the husband Mm -hmm. And so when Baylor got it, there was no mention of a husband at all in the story that he heard, just Mouser and the two ladies. And that's where it went. And that's why it's like telephone mixed with storytelling. I love this show so much. Y'all cannot understand how much joy this show gives me. I love the aspirations for being a fly girl and in living color. (laughs) (laughs) There's a movie called Tully. Um, if y'all have never seen it, I really do recommend it. It's a Gwyneth Paltrow movie. Or not Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm sorry. It's not a goop. It's Charlize Theron. Um, and she plays a mother of three who just gets overwhelmed with her life. And so she hires a night nanny. Um, it's fantastic. And after hearing this story come all together, I would really urge not only y'all but also the listeners to check that movie out i don't know where it's available at right now i watched in the movie theaters and when i walked out of that movie i was like oh okay and i'm not going to spoil anything but after you listen to it or after you watch it rather come holler at me i'll be right there jalene go ahead and tell the folks about your show and tell them where they can find you at okay um you can find it goes down in the pm everywhere where regular podcasts are found we are also now live at Friday at noon. We go live on StreamYard and that that streams to like Facebook, Twitch, I think like YouTube, all kinds of stuff. And but if you if you want to see a more cut version, I also cut the video and post it on Sunday. I post the I cut the video, post it on Sunday and then I put the bonus features for the audio only listeners on Monday. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and uh, to all the to the audio listeners, I am unveiling our new theme song this Monday. Yo, I did want to ask you a question. Like, how you forget to say your mom's birthday? Like, you were like, shout out to all these people, and um, 
there's somebody else man um let me look um oh mom (laughs) (laughs) shoot she was she was out of frame and she was like (laughs) i was like i don't know let me i don't i don't know there's someone here i'll forget she was like (laughs) (laughs) laugh till i cry when i heard that one i was like oh mom (laughs) dustin tell them where they can find you and tell them something about your show uh yeah the show is called dustin can read i read mainly middle grade and ya books and now i've started uh talking about and I, I get a guest on we talk about the books and stuff as adults do um <laughs> about YA <laughs> um and uh I do many shows on them too just solo shows like that but um I also do a Dustin can watch special episodes a couple times a month and that's where I watch new TV shows relate them back to something that happened in my life at some point and it's just fun to do I love to do and I also write audio stories um mm-hmm. sometimes and get them performed and get other people to come on and perform with me so and you can find them anywhere. Dustin can read. It's pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. And it's on if YouTube. you if you ever need a voice actor, I offer Abigail as tribute. Oh yeah, I'm definitely already, <laughs> I'm getting ideas already. So yeah, <laughs> I mean i i I have done a few things, but nah, nah. I need to be in the mood to be able to write. Abigail, yeah, tell me where to confirm. Abby's definitely your girl for that. <laughs> Tell them where they can find you. I tell them something about your show. Oh, yeah. So I'm Abigail, the host of the Manic Pixie Weirdo podcast, where we talk about relationships and not just like the same old kinds of ones that you think of, uh, like with your parents or siblings or whatever. That stuff gets really boring. So we talk about everything, your relationship with anything from wrestling to depression to anxiety to fear and romantic relationships to gangs to anything you can think of. Um, You can find us on all the things. Um, and come follow us on Twitter at MP Weirdo Podcast. Uh, the underscore un- main underscore weirdo one is the Pinterest and now the TikTok. Um, and you can email me, mandapixieweirdo at protonmail.com. Check us out. And then we got the president himself. Yeah. Baylor, tell him something about all of them. Oh, all man. of them. And then tell him where they can find you at. <laughs> Um, I'm Baylor BTG for president. Open Raw with BTG. Yeah, yeah. A part, of the, a part of the Rare Sinus Network. Um, also the Lunch Break Productions and Black Horror Humor and the Breaks Radio. And you will just have to follow me to to find all of those. <laughs> I want to go through all that, but um. Yeah, BTG for President is my flag show. Open Run with BTG is my sports show. Uh, everybody, anybody and everybody is welcome on those two platforms. And you can find me on Twitter at Baylorism. You can find me on every other platform at Baylor Great. Well, TikTok is Baylorism as well. And yeah, let's make content. For sure. Y'all got to know way, 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 way back when I first started podcasting. There was a bunch of niggas and then there was Baylor and I met Baylor and everybody else just kind of faded away as time went on, like water going through, you know, water going through dirt. At some point, the silt's going to start to wash away. And then there was just Baylor and Baylor was there. And every time I turned around and did a new show, I was like, Baylor, you should hop on with me. It was like open run with Baylor and Rashani. And so 
I was like, let me bring this back. And the one person I was like, I need to holler at Baylor. I need to get his voice to bless this show. And now I know it's just going to be money. Speaking of money. Um, yes. I also wanted to let, let you know and everybody else know, Mom is Always Right Media Network is will soon have our PMI license to play commercial music. So we will be cutting tape on Mama's Always Right Media Radio, and I'm looking for unsigned artists or our unsigned hour. And well, look at you. <laughs> look at you. I mean, I, you might be the first person from the hood who don't just do what we all did, which is just bootleg the music onto our show and hope nobody listens. I am proud of you for doing it the right way. Like, <laughs> don't listen to the first 95 episodes of my show. That's all I'm going to say. That should cost like $500. It took mad long to process. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like music that much. I, will, I would much rather just do the Spotify slash anchor talk and music uh, segment thing than pay 500 bucks to them when I could pay 1995 and it's starting to sound like a commercial speaking of commercials so check <laughs> it out storytellers is a subsidiary of ratchet book club storytellers can be found under their own feed which is storytell spin on twitter oeo yes it is spelled just like that old cartoon on disney tail spin storytell spin you can also find me on facebook at storytellers you can just find the group and check us out it's a whole page it's a thing um on the storytellers page we talk about other up-and-coming artists other up-and-coming authors other up-and-coming thoughts about books and whatnot and then we bring in the shows as well um you can leave a review on Podchaser. Matter of fact, let me tell you about my three-step system. You can leave a review on Podchaser, cut or uh, copy and lift it, and you can go to Apple Podcasts. Paste it on the Apple Podcast, copy and lift it, and go to um, Good Pods, which is an app. Leave a five-star review and uh, paste it there as well. Then you've done three separate reviews for the show in the span of like maybe six minutes. If you do the voice to text for the Podchaser, Review to do it first. See how that works out. Also, we're taking donations. You can leave a donation at patreon.com slash single simulcast. You can also leave a donation at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. And after you leave the five-star review on Good Pods, which is an app, you can go ahead and leave a donation there in our tip jar. The cool thing about us is if you uh, become a Patreon member, there's a ton of content. A ton of content just waiting for you to discover it. I always urge everybody to start with the story. Shut the fuck up, Hannah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Hannah is like the perfect way to see exactly what you're fucking with and see if it's something you can or can't deal with. Long story short, there was a little girl walking with another group of little girls at the amusement park and one of them was talking and the other girl didn't like it. And she just flippantly turned around and said, shut the fuck up, Hannah, and kept pushing. And she said it so perfectly. This is like sixth grader. She said it so perfectly that I was like, yeah, shut the fuck up, Hannah. Like, I didn't even know these kids. I just supported Hannah shutting the fuck up because of the way that this girl told her, shut the fuck up, Hannah. Like she practiced it. And it's a whole story. We discuss it. Um, I'm, I'm a patron of Ratchet Book Club, so I can attest the story there's a lot of content it's all dope content one of my favorites the sentence all is and 
Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with the cartel, which is a story that they just finished. They got holes going on, which I'm all the way on board with. Um, Old Dot Next Door was interesting. Old Dot Next Door 2 was confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just appreciate you being there for us. And it was a given (laughs) that I was going to have you on the first episode back. Um, With that, I do want to thank each and every one of y'all for your time, because it's very important to me. Um, and thank you for joining me on this show. I appreciate that as well. Um, for Jolene and Abigail and Dustin and Baylor, I'm Derek. You can also call me Rashani if you're nasty. We'll holler at y'all later. Y'all be good. Peace. storytellers was provided by revolution void and it's called someone else's memories you can find it at the free music archive this is single simulcast